0: And I don't know what this says about me, but the the lightning strike moment was when a very straight friend of mine who had just gone through something traumatic was bawling. And I was looking at her crying and I was like, oh, my God, I'm gay and I really (laughs) like her and I just want to comfort her.
1: Hola amigos and bienvenidos a You Made Me Queer. Can you imagine I just started doing the podcast in Spanish? That's right, this is the podcast where I make like Dolly Parton in 1992 straight talk and weaponize radio on company time. Yes, You Made Me Queer is the show where every episode I invite a fantastic LGBTQIA plus person on to talk about who and or what made them queer. How you doing? It's Thursday. It's time for another episode, but first, let's dial back and talk about what's fresh. Uh, Did you hear that the UK is moving towards a ban on conversion therapy? Moving is a very vague and broad word, which has been consciously chosen because they're not there yet. Time is being taken to avoid, uh, and this is a quote, unintended consequences. For example, limiting religious freedom, etc. The impulse being that if you can't use conversion therapy, where do we draw the line? Are we still allowed to wag our finger at queer people? Can we still uh, passively, aggressively judge them for being queer? Can we employ them for their otherworldly fashion sense, but still limit their personal rights and legal freedoms. These are things that take time to discuss. You can't rush these decisions. So by all means, uh, take your time. They first pledged to introduce this ban three years ago. But as we've said before on the show and in media at large, what is time anymore, right? So make sure you get it right. It's not like this is affecting people's lives on a daily basis. Conversion therapy always makes me think of Clockwork Orange. You know that scene in Clockwork Orange where they put the um, champagne cork cages in that guy's eyes and make him watch those videos? I know that's not what was happening in that movie. Listen, it's a broader cultural statement. Regardless, I personally was raised in a Catholic community, I was not sent for conversion therapy, I did not participate in conversion therapy, I was pretty busy dancing to Kylie Minogue's light years in my bedroom with the door locked, but I, I was with good intentions sent to a therapist in high school to help me understand my uh, urges and orientations. And fortunately, this therapist did not try and change any of those impulses or urges, but rather we uh, just talked about how <laughs> I didn't have any friends. I did, however, when I had LASIK laser eye surgery on my eyes, I did get to put those champagne cork cages in to keep me from blinking while lasers basically burned off the outer layers of my corneas. Is it, was not it my corneas? Uh, Regardless, I could smell my eyes burning and you could say my vision was converted. So in that way, I am a fan of conversion therapy if it results in me not having to wear contact lenses anymore, which I would not clean properly and had multiple eye infections. But I digress. Also, uh, this past week, the always dewy Dua Lipa, I did not mean for that wordplay, but I'm not sorry about it, won two Brit Awards. Uh, One was Album of the Year, one was Female Solo Artist for the epic Future Nostalgia. She did a huge medley performance in an almost empty arena because of covid and shaking up the game she, she you should watch it by the way she started her performance off dressed like a gangster from Dick Tracy and then segued into dressing like Jerry Hallowell from the Spice Girls dressed like a gangster from Dick Tracy it really covered the fashion gamut as they say. But you know what? I'm 100% here for it. I love me. A glitter-infused dance number, a big spectacle. And that was one of those albums that came out last year that I thought, hot damn, I wish we could dance in public to this. I truly can't wait to go dancing again, which maybe will be soon? Question mark, depending on where you're listening from. And I bring that up because I normally record the show on Wednesday, the day before it's released. I am recording this on Tuesday. I know this is old news, but that is because I am, knock on wood, getting my first vaccination tomorrow. That's right. Potentially, until it's on my arm, I won't believe it, but I may be getting my first shot tomorrow, and I uh, think it might totally knock me out. Uh, so in the event that I'm not able to Record this sparkling intro. I thought I would just do it the day before just to be safe. Thank you for accommodating me on my own goddamn podcast. Can you sit down and relax for once? You're getting this for free. What do you want? It's not fresh enough. I shouldn't get angry. If I get steamed, my body will reject the vaccination. And I'm not going to let you do that to me, not after everything we've been through. Okay, so shall we move on to today's episode. Today is episode 15, and my guest is Kimiko Tobimatsu. I was so excited to get to talk to Kimiko. Kimiko does a lot of things. Kimiko is a lawyer on sabbatical, as you will hear in our conversation. But Kimiko also wrote a pretty groundbreaking graphic novel, which is how I was introduced to her. The book is called Kimiko Does Cancer, and it is about how at age 25, Kimiko, who was a young, queer, mixed-race woman with no history of health problems, had her entire world turned upside down when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. So Kamiko wrote her story to share it with other people because we think about breast cancer specifically as a very gender experience sort of uh there's a very traditional narrative that surrounds this and as a queer person this was very different so it's a very unique story it's a very candid and honest story and Kimiko is not an illustrator so she partnered with a wonderful illustrator named Keith Gneiza to create Kimiko Does Cancer please check it out CBC named it one of the best Canadian comics of 2020 so what other proof do you need? But we go far beyond that in our interview. Of course, we are talking about what made Kimiko queer, which uh, turns out goes in some pretty interesting directions. I will tell you, for a lawyer, for someone sworn to the ideals of truth and honesty, Kimiko tries to get a lot of things past me. And my job was to root out what she's hiding, which turned out to be a lot. A lot of things make Kimiko queer, and she didn't bring them all up straight out of the gate. So just you wait for the surprise reveals in our conversation. A little more about Kimiko. In addition to Kimiko Does Cancer, the graphic memoir that she wrote, she is also the owner of Kimiko & Co., an online stationery business, that's E-R-Y paper, not standing still, through which she makes authentic cheeky greeting cards you should check them out we have a lot to lament right now i think which deserves a greeting card of some kind we also now and soon have a lot to celebrate so there's no excuse not to buy those cards and send them to people you love who am i kimiko your pr person your ad person i'm doing a lot of sales for you right now and i'm here for it because i think you're great Okay, so I'll drop the preamble to use a legal term, and without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Canada's number one lawmaker, uh, according to me, Kimiko Tobimatsu. So we actually only have half of our plants here. Oh, really?
0: And the other other half are being babysat at my parents right now, (laughs) but we'll see. We are moving to a smaller place, so we haven't figured out yet. How everything will uh will jive together, but
1: is this a pre-pandemic green thumb? It is. That's great. So you predate it's like the thing that everyone did during the pandemic was either start a podcast <laughs> or get plants. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> um or both.
0: You know, we we did some other pandemic fads. My my girlfriend got into the sourdough.
1: Fantastic. How did that go?
0: The sourdough <laughs> was pretty successful. There was there was some failed bagels that happened, uh, but other than that <laughs> (laughs) some really good pizza
1: sourdough bagels yeah
0: bagels i think are a specialty item (laughs) yeah i've
1: never made sourdough bagels sourdough pizza sounds good though
0: yeah really good
1: i have a love hate kind of push-pull relationship with i mean how do i how do i put this the mother (laughs) or whatever like and i have a a rudimentary knowledge of science but a living creature who's like fires i stoke the mother that's the kombucha oh is it that not sourdough the starter is Is (laughs) you got some learning to do here. (laughs) I know, but it's the same basic science, right?
0: I mean, also as a non-science person, I'm saying
1: this. Well, I was going to say, because you're a lawyer, yeah, and so I was like, are we setting the power dynamic up now where you're looking (laughs) down at me and all the things I don't know?
0: (laughs) I am a lawyer in existential crisis. I'm currently on leave from work as I sort out whether I want to continue being a lawyer. Oh, So no, no power dynamic here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. The, uh, The powdered wig is off. Yeah. Great. Can I ask, like, what other careers are you entertaining?
0: I have no idea. And good (laughs) for you. Yeah, we, we will see. I My boss very kindly, when I told him I thought I had to quit, hmm. he said, why don't we make it a leave?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why don't you think about that? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. So
0: um, I have a few months to kind of sort through and, and see if I just needed a break or, you know, I need a change of scenery.
1: Totally. Well, now is the time to reevaluate.
0: Except that I can't travel, you
1: know, oh, this would yeah. be also the
0: perfect time to... Soul search around the world.
1: You had to go backpack in Portugal or something.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> eh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like professional baker? Is that in the cards?
0: <laughs> well, I uh, my, my partner has a tamales business. Oh, and cool. I have been doing some baking on the side for that. Uh-huh. These passion fruit bars, kind of like a lemon bar with passion fruit. Oh, my God. I've just figured out a chili flowerless chocolate cake.
1: Oh man! And then this
0: like mora berry, which is an Andean, sometimes called raspberry or Andean blackberry, cheesecake bar. So yeah, I have been I've been dabbling in the baked the baked goods (laughs) that's
1: very impressive so why don't we jump right in we are here obviously to talk about baking we're here to talk about soul searching and existential crises of plenty and what better segue to talk about our queerness (laughs) i mean what a crisis right
0: the biggest of them all
1: (laughs) the biggest of them all and one that was unearned but thrust upon us Because, of course, Kimiko, now we know uh, so many things can make you queer. But when we were growing up, when we were a soft, malleable, impressionable clay, we didn't know. And it can be anything, right? I mean, now we know how simple it can be. For example, attempting and missing a high five (laughs) is enough to make you queer.
0: Where is the high five landing is the next question.
1: Good point. (laughs) That can lead to a whole host of other things, perhaps. But now that we're adults, and now that some of us have law degrees, and I wish you'd stop bringing that up. Uh, we have a chance to point the finger of blame back at the things that have made us queer. So that's why I've invited you here today. So Kamiko Topi please tell me who and or what made you queer?
0: You know, a long list of women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bring it on.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny thinking back. Um, you know, I think in elementary school, it started with, you know, the cute, nice student teachers. <gasps>
1: The student teachers. Right?
0: You know, they're coming in. They're fresh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're a bit younger than the other teachers.
0: Yeah, they're paying more attention. They're not as jaded yet. (laughs)
1: 100%.
0: Yeah. And then kind of as I got a bit older, the the sports camp coaches. I mean, it was just... I didn't know at that time that I was gay, but there was the, you know, wanting to impress, wanting them to think that I'm special That's right, and, you know, just be around them all the time.
1: Star athlete. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and I was thinking about high school and the French exchange student. I mean, classic.
1: Whoa. Okay. Okay. So let's, we've got a lot to pick through. So let's dial it back to these student teachers. Are you picturing anyone specific?
0: You know, it's more the memory of a feeling than actually... I don't have the image of anybody left. Mm -hmm. I I remember there was one student teacher in first grade, but I don't really remember anything about her Mm -hmm. other than, you know... Yeah, just wanting her to like me.
1: (laughs) Now, was it because we some like the most embarrassing thing we could do when we were in grade school was when you accidentally called the teacher mom or dad. (laughs) She like transferred that. So was there some sort of like, were you like porting the, the student teacher onto like? I don't know. Was it like a special dynamic for you?
0: I I don't. I mean, I hoped for a special dynamic. I don't. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that uh, even you know in a in a appropriate kid to teacher relationship there was yeah. uh, any special dynamic. But yeah, no, there's just that that kind of warm fuzzy feeling.
1: Yeah, because they really want to do a good job because they're being I'm marked essentially. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, that that the teacher of that class, I must have for some I mean, I have warm feelings about her as well. But (laughs) I I remember the student teacher a little bit better. But my mom loves to tell this story (laughs) of how I was playing ball hockey, you know, classic sporty queer. And
1: Uh great. Were you always sporty?
0: Yes. Awesome. Um, And I was a sweaty mess and my team (laughs) lost and I was so sad. And when we got home, I went up into my bedroom, closed the door and wrote a letter to my teacher and then sealed it and mailed it. And my mom.
1: Okay, (laughs) wait. So you didn't even just write this and bring it to school? No. You mailed it? I mailed it. To your teacher's home or the school? I
0: guess it must have been the school. I mean, I'm assuming I didn't have her address.
1: That would be weird. Okay. Oh,
0: my God. So, wait, what did the letter uh, say? I don't even remember. And my mom has <laughs> always wished that she had opened the letter so oh, she could read right. what I could have possibly divulged in that letter.
1: Do you remember if the, your teacher brought it up again or was it just never discussed?
0: I think it was just never discussed. Maybe I was not even in her class anymore. Maybe I had moved up a grade and, and I, yeah, I don't remember. Okay,
1: so you <laughs> you took it seriously and by it i mean it sounds like a lot (laughs) okay
0: yeah that's where we're starting
1: okay great so the stakes are already very high as a young child and then in walks this student teacher who is suddenly giving you a special warm to Mm -hmm. use your word warm kind of attention Mm -hmm. uh and this the little gears of uh we won't call it lust it's something sweeter the gears of attraction start turning
0: Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I remember,
1: like, when we had student teachers, first of all, yeah, they were like, you could tell they wanted, it mattered more to them whether or not you liked them. And there was a bit of like, a you got a bit of a pass where you could ask them questions with the guise of like, We want to get to know you because we don't know who you are. Yes, exactly. The personal questions you can't really ask the teacher. Exactly. Like, what are you into? Or like, do you... We didn't use the word partner at the time, but like, are you married? Do you have a boyfriend or girlfriend?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Ah, juicy. (laughs) Okay, so it sounds like that one's a bit there. So let's blame... What, what does this sound like to you? Is this the profession of student teacherdom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> all student teachers made you queer. Yes.
0: Okay. Yes. All, all women student teachers.
1: <laughs> all, okay. Yes. All women student teachers. Yes. And then we move up to sports coaches. So you played sports, but did you? F- did you major in any sports?
0: I did. I started off soccer and then I kind of moved into volleyball.
1: Oh, great.
0: Yeah, so I did there was this camp in Toronto called Power Soccer. Yeah. I don't know if it still exists. <laughs> but I would you know in the summer my parents would sign me up for that. So it was just a day camp, but you would just play soccer all day long. Fun. And I remember there was this one coach and she was just really good at soccer. <laughs> so I just wanted to be like her or with her you know
1: yeah talk more about that because I think queer people have that weird line where it's like do I want to be like you when I grow up or do I want to be with you like you
0: yes I know I know I think uh well I I think when you're younger that's what you tell yourself yeah oh they're just really cool and I just want to find out how to be cool like them But then it keeps happening with different types of people.
1: (laughs) Uh And you realize
0: maybe this is not about, you know, maturing into a certain
1: person. (laughs) Right. Or soccer at all. Were there a lot of kids at this camp?
0: Yes. And mostly boys. So, I mean... I feel like we could also say that boys made me queer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure. Me too. <laughs> so d- did you like, cause there were all these other sporty kids there. So how did you, I mean, you wanted the attention of those coaches, right? Yeah. So what were your tactics?
0: I mean, I think I would try, I was, and probably I continue to do, I try and be like the helpful one, oh. you know?
1: So. so you weren't trying to show off with your, your sport acumen. It was just being like a good, Person.
0: Yeah, let me, you know, help you pick up the pylons.
1: <laughs> right? You got to no one else is offering to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And how did how did you feel that when?
0: Um that one I feel like was particularly unsuccessful.
1: But <laughs> How old are you at this point? I,
0: I think I would have been somewhere between I like grade five or six something like that
1: okay so that's like 10 or 11 yeah
0: I'm still in the young young phases here
1: right so it's like a pretty innocent crush at that point
0: yes and not identified yet as as a crush
1: right no because were you did you have any inkling in your mind that this was queerdom afoot
0: not not at this point Mm -hmm. it was a bit later you know this is the this is the age of Well, and a a bit after, you know, Tomb Raider is coming out. Angelina
1: Jolie. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. We almost skipped a step here. I think you have some more blaming to do.
0: Yes, I think Angelina Jolie's lips maybe should be blamed.
1: (laughs) Do you know what? That specifically has come up on an episode before.
0: I'm not surprised.
1: So let's talk about her. Was Was your first exposure to her in Tomb Raider?
0: That I remember, yes. Yes.
1: For those not familiar,
0: go watch them all right now. <laughs>
1: go watch them all right now. They hold up. Um, if you're more familiar with maybe Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider is like the sort of the answer to that. With really the shortest shorts.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so short, and a fair amount of cleavage, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, a lot of cleavage. So you, so Angelina walks in in those little shorts and her her hip holster, and you were just like,
0: bam. I have to watch them all. Yeah. Again and again.
1: Yeah,
0: perfect. <laughs> yes. So there, there is Angelina Jolie. And then around the same time is Jennifer Garner in Alias. I don't know if you remember
1: it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The TV show, right? Yes. Yeah. So you like the, the action gals.
0: Yeah, the action gals. And this was before Jennifer Garner just starts doing rom-coms.
1: Yes, she, that's right. You
0: know, she has this badass series that I would get my dad to video record. Because if
1: I wasn't going to be home... (laughs) (laughs) Like on a VHS. On a VHS, it had
0: to be recorded. Of course. And I remember once he accidentally didn't record it or the recording messed up or something and there's no you know putt locker or something you can (laughs) go find it on (laughs) and I was so angry and sad that I was missing that week's episode
1: how many seasons did that run for I
0: don't remember
1: quite a bit
0: yeah the obsession lasted for a while
1: and what's the general idea is Jennifer Garner a spy
0: I think so I mean it was some kind of you know kick ass TV show yeah but I do not remember the specifics
1: (laughs) was she so I'm just trying to figure out alias was she constantly wearing costumes i think so oh great so yeah so that's yeah. already getting a bit like i'm sure she's always in i don't know just like sexy yeah exactly or whatever yeah a little kinky gorgeous wigs yeah please <laughs> okay look at you trying to sneak things by so we've got lara croft slash angelino jolie's lips we've got jennifer garner were there any other was this like a charlie's angels thing too
0: not Charlie's Angels, okay. maybe because they always seemed super straight. <laughs> Not that like Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Garner weren't having their like male, you know, sexy times. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. For whatever reason, it, it wasn't. De- it wasn't. I was going to say Destiny's Child. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> they were
1: commissioned to sing a theme song for Charlie's Angels.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I think in terms of celebrities, then later as I. Get a bit older, it's starting to move into Natalie Portman and
1: that. Yeah. So, so you, Kamiko, your vibe is sort of a slick-backed pony. I know, this
0: situation. is like a very similar, it's, you know. <laughs> this is quite a type. Genre yeah. of woman, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think my, my tastes have, have evolved. Listen, um, but sometimes you know what you like straight away, right? And, and, yeah, Natalie Portman, I picture, she's got a lot of, like, like, slick back, but sometimes a bit, she's like a, a mousy neighbor girl. I mean, now she's a smoke show, but. Yeah. In early days when she was doing, like, um Garden State. Yes
0: and she was always smart you know she was, was always smart yeah. yeah so it moved from just the you know badass character into the you know smart and beautiful
1: character yeah because you were a, a sports action star yourself but you also liked collecting the pylons <laughs> Yeah. so you were a high achiever <laughs>
0: you've pinned me down
1: <laughs> that's right so i see how both of these sorts of women would appeal to you Okay, great. So sports camp, no letter writing in that situation? There was
0: no letter writing.
1: <laughs> How long was this camp? Just a few weeks?
0: Yeah, although I did it for a few summers.
1: And when you went back, was it the same coach? No. no.
0: She was a one time deal. Oh. Although there I also went to this overnight volleyball camp one summer for two I
1: think. That sounds a bit weeks. sexier.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there was another young coach there. who I was trying to impress
1: this is interesting too so coach but not not like a a someone your age
0: I know it's not until I feel like this French exchange student that I was like oh here's a peer
1: (laughs) okay so this is the first time because until then it's like Kimiko and the adults yes okay and then here we go so we have our sort of coming of age through the the Hollywood starlets and then straight into French exchange tell us everything (laughs)
0: You know, someone new coming in who felt a bit freer, I would say. And I, for some reason, she was in our French class. I don't know why she had to take
1: French class. She's like, guys, this is... <laughs>
0: I got this. But I remember we had this assignment and I had a very keen, earnest French teacher. Ooh. And she had gave this assignment to us all where we had to bring in an object that represented us. And the French exchange student Brought in her bra.
1: Stop it.
0: Yes, even the teacher blushed.
1: <laughs> like she was like holding the bra. Yeah, in?
0: yeah. She, oh, I mean, and my mediocre friend tried to probably only grasp half of what she said. Yeah. But you know that this represents my, you know, womanhood, and uh,
1: you know, it's like all the the stereotypes you have. Exactly, a a French person as a child come to life.
0: You know, and this is, I don't know, we're probably in grade 10 or something and she's bringing her bra. I probably wasn't even wearing a bra at that (laughs)
1: point. Yes, seriously. (laughs) So was that the moment or did you, were you kind of into her before?
0: I think I was kind of into her before, but then that was like, oh yeah, I like what's going on
1: here. I still didn't,
0: I, I still wasn't sure that I was gay. Yeah. But that was it was moving up now in the <laughs> you know the in the levels of consciousness it was becoming harder and harder to <laughs> push to the side
1: yeah you're like why do i keep thinking about that moment yes were you friends yes. with her
0: i wanted to be friends with her um she lived you know because I, I, I it was it was an actual exchange where
1: she was like with a family yeah
0: exactly okay. and that family like the one the other student had gone to france and whatever so she was kind of in this dynamic with this other person and they would, you know, go places after school and whatever. So there were not as many opportunities as I would have liked.
1: Yeah, no doubt. If I would known
0: better. I should have been doing that French exchange program.
1: I know that's, you know, who cares if you care about French or not? That's your moment. <laughs> so that almost intensifies it because I don't know about your high school experience, but I most of my crushes were people who well they were guys but they were people who didn't speak to me or were in like a different sort of social cast than i was yes so like yes. the elusiveness of this girl who in my mind is named angelique but, um, <laughs> correct me I if think i'm wrong her
0: name was pauline oh, something like that
1: pauline.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah she had this curly hair nice yeah Energy about her.
1: Plus, okay, and bras on her body, outside of her body, <laughs> yes. all over the place, in front of the whole class. Oh my god, that's so funny! And was she there the whole year? No, I think it was a semester. So yeah. were you? Because yeah. this is high school now, right? So, so when did the penny drop for you?
0: The penny dropped in grade eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, this is
1: post. Pauline? This is post-Pauline. Okay.
0: And I don't know what this says about me, but the the lightning strike moment was when a very straight friend of mine, who had just gone through something traumatic, was bawling. And I was looking at her crying, and I was like, oh my god, I'm Jay, (laughs) and I really like her, and I just want to comfort her. Oh my god. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yeah.
1: Okay, so... (laughs) so oh wow okay so in that moment so that's when you realized you just wanted to like comfort her in 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 a biblical way
0: yeah yeah I was like this is not just a friend vibe I want to you know put my arm around your shoulder
1: and then when that happened you had to like I mean it would have been weird for the moment to become that so then you had to like see that feeling name that feeling and then pause that feeling retreat back into myself oh no
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I think several years later I told I didn't tell her about that moment but I told her that I had a crush on her and she was like yeah I thought maybe you did
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that moment when I was sobbing and you were just staring at me pushing my bangs out of my eyes
0: I was just blowing my nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's those moments. It's like they're not hot moments, but they become it's like not the one you would expect where the suddenly the light bulb goes. Hey,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that says about my
1: psyche, but I mean, we're all shattered, shattered <laughs> beings from that. So for that one, we're blaming. I just want to make sure we, you know, as as a litigator, we want to make sure we keep the guilty parties in the penalty box. Yes. Is that the correct term? <laughs> no,
0: but that's fine. No, fun. okay. I'm mixing sports. I'm
1: mixing sports yeah. in in the box, the guilty <laughs> box. So we have, starting from the beginning, we have student teachers as a profession and possibly anyone in the education industry. We have have sports day camp, no, because it was overnight. also overnight camp
0: sports camp coaches sports camp say.
1: coaches, okay. Then we have which you almost skipped Angelina Jolie, Jennifer Garner, Natalie Portman, the trifecta of, of <laughs> queerdom, lesbiandom, and then Pauline, but are we also including that friend?
0: Yes, yes, no. I think I mean, the friend, it was a combination of her making me queer, but helping me identify that was the real yeah. like, okay. I can't deny this anymore. So she's to blame for sure.
1: So it? let's parse this. This It's the revolutionary spirit of the French, yes. for sure. And then as far as a final one, I guess, uh, what, tears made you gay?
0: <laughs> Our straight <laughs> friends, you know?
1: Yes, straight. All, the, all of your straight <laughs> friends conspired to make you queer. Yes, yes. That feels right for me. <laughs>
0: you know, I feel like every lesbian has a painfully straight friend that they were in love with. And, you know, you were just hurting the
1: whole time. I think that's a cool, everyone under the queer umbrella. I had some of those for sure. And it's like, it's funny because then when you think, oh, I wonder if like what they'd say if I told them. And then when they find out, they're like, yeah, I knew you stared at me all the time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, constantly.
0: We all talked about the fact that. (laughs) That's
1: right. You thought you were being so covert. Is there anyone else left to blame? I
0: think those would be the main culprits.
1: Okay. And then so that friend, that moment with the friend, it started bubbling away. And then how much I mean you knew did did it, did it feel okay right away?
0: I I think there was a bit of a I you know sorting through by myself. Mm-hmm. And then I told my good friend at the time.
1: Not the one you had the crush on.
0: Not the one that I had a crush on. <laughs> and she was good about it. But then later told me that she was also gay. Whoa. Oh, this is classic. <laughs> and and that she liked me. Really? And so then we ended up dating.
1: So it was reciprocated.
0: It was reciprocated. Wow. Yes. And we ended up dating for almost three years. Holy. I know. I mean, it was covert for the first two years, really. Yeah. And in grade 12. And then first year university. And then maybe we did for two years. And then kind of towards the end, we started to come out to more people. Yeah. But then at that point, also, our relationship was starting to struggle.
1: I mean, no shade at all to that person. But sometimes when you're first coming out and you you know one other queer person, <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, of course, we're going to start dating. This makes sense. Yeah. What else are we going to do? And then you realize like, oh, we actually don't have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that in high school when I came out to my group of friends, I didn't know anyone that had come out, but this one girl was like, I have a gay friend. You guys should meet. Yeah, it's like just by virtue of you to be, and I, I don't know if we ever met. Maybe she showed me a picture, but I just I was like, "Uh, I don't know, like maybe. So you
0: didn't end up dating this person. We
1: I, we never even met. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? What? Well, well, thank you for uh, laying down the law, so to speak. <laughs>
0: Yes, happy
1: too. Even on a sabbatical, justice has been served. Um, and before I let you go, would you like to play a game?
0: I would love to play a game.
1: Oh, thank God. Okay, great. So this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerest.
0: Ready? Okay, so you think.
1: The rules are very simple. I'm going to give you three things. You are going to stack them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. All right. Any questions? No questions. Fantastic. Okay. Think and answer carefully. So thing number one, portraits where the same person's face is superimposed in a second pose elsewhere in the picture. (laughs) Have you seen these before? I have never seen this. (gasps) Okay. We had one when I was growing up. One of my friends in grade school, it was her mom pregnant and then in the corner was her mom holding the baby after the birth
0: so and it's her mom's same face it's not her mom
1: again it's her mom it's like two photos in the same one or sometimes kids it's like the kid smiling and then like the kid in the corner like looking sweet or like looking a little more like pensive or something but they're sounds terrible. they're like elsewhere in the same photo it's very weird and potentially queer but that's up to you okay thing number two And I might have to drop this in the chat to give you a visual reference. The costume design from the original Jurassic Park film.
0: I am definitely going to need an image of this.
1: Okay. Okay. Here we go. We've got a lot here. And I'll describe this for people who maybe aren't familiar. This is, of course, starring Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, etc. We have a lot of, like, um, dusty rose denim blouses tied at the waist. We have high-waisted pleated khaki shorts. Uh, we have Jeff Goldblum in full leather. This is great. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. I agree. Whether or not it's queer, it's fantastic. Yeah. Okay.
0: Number three.
1: Okay. Wow. Business. Okay. Number three. <laughs> As a profession, court stenography
0: what is court stenography
1: I mean listen you come in here <laughs> telling me you <laughs> show me that diploma court stenography is um, my understanding based on um, only on TV and movies I've seen the person who sits in the courtroom ah, um, basically yeah tr- the transcriber right 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 funny okay. anecdote the first time I, I had to go to like protest a speeding ticket I had no concept of what this would include and I wrote a speech Because I thought I would be addressing a jury. And of course you go and it's like, it's not that. But I also imagine there would be a stenographer.
0: Yeah, there is, I mean- Yeah, there's not always a stenographer. And I think think maybe, I wonder if that's more, I I have not heard that term, but that might just be me. Uh I feel like often we, maybe that's American term. And then maybe in Canada, we say transcriber more often.
1: Oh, you'd say transcriber. Or court reporter. A court reporter's great. (laughs) I feel like they'd have a little pencil behind their ear though. And also like to have a court stenographer or whatever you call them at everyone's parking ticket hearing, like that's like... Imagine the tax dollars that would cost.
0: Yeah, they don't, they don't care that. Much. <laughs> they don't
1: care. You know that. I'm learning <laughs> that. So just to recap, the three things are portraits with the same face as superimposed elsewhere in the photo, the costume design from the original Jurassic Park, and court stenography or reporting, least queer to most queer, and why.
0: Okay, I am going to say court stenographer at the bottom.
1: Okay, tell us why.
0: I don't, they just... Always seem very straight to me. (laughs) 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 I mean, and that's there's not a lot of room for any creativity. Like, you know, literally, you're writing everything verbatim. That's right. So if we're thinking about, you know, queerness as leaning into, you know, other fun sides of yourself, it's not (laughs) like the
1: stenographer writes what they said and then, like, she said touching her earlobe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no editorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. okay. That's that's true. It's very perfunctory. No
0: no flourish options there.
1: Good point.
0: Number two is this this double superimposed portrait you talked about. Yeah. Uh it that sounds pretty straight to me, but it's also weird, which can be clear. <laughs> so Yes. yes. <laughs> that that makes it up to spot two. And then the Jurassic Park. Because you know you've got a woman in shorts. Yes, it's hot and sweaty out there. There's an element of danger. Yes, all that feeding together seems pretty queer.
1: Okay, and and we're not even incorporating dinosaurs in this picture. <laughs> <yet>. Like <laughs> oh, just that,
0: okay, that's very. True. I have both dinosaur underwear and a dinosaur button up. Oh, so <laughs> okay, so you're on
1: brand for this whole thing. I'm
0: on brand. You know, it's. I think the the eight year old boy and me will
1: continue to <laughs> yes. live that
0: dream of, of uh, dinosaur
1: characters. 100%. And I would say Laura Dern is a bit of a queer icon, even though I don't think Laura Dern identifies as queer. Laura Dern is always business. Laura Dern has always got a, a strong collar uh, going on. Yeah. Is there any, like, because you like sort of... um. She's a bit Tomb Raider adjacent.
0: Yeah, yeah. When
1: you gaze at Laura Dern, does anything, any firecrackers go off?
0: I mean, when you showed me this picture, I was like, oh, wow, this should also be in my uh,
1: <laughs> yes, my yeah. list
0: of, of women <laughs> here. But, you know, she's got blonde hair. So that's kind of veering off of uh, my, my three women <laughs> identified today. That's
1: right. You go for the brunettes. <laughs> okay, so to recap, least queer, courts, whatever they're called. Uh, number two, the same person in multiple places in a photo, pre-Photoshop. And then number three is Jurassic Park. Let me just check the results on my court <laughs> stenography machine. 100% A+, plus, guilty, and by guilty, I mean correct.
0: You were just trying to uh, level this power dynamic, eh? Throw some other court lingo at me. So... I'm just
1: testing. I'm constantly testing you. Your boss sent me an email and he was like, just make sure uh, Kimikos knows all the, the terms. Yeah, she's got to stay sharp here. 100%. Uh, so, congratulations. You. you are a queer person.
0: That is good to know.
1: <laughs> I'm going to call that French exchange student back. Yeah, let your partner know. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to work out. Um, so, before I let you go, and I don't want to, is there anything you want to plug?
0: Yeah, well, I will plug my. My partner's Tamale business. Yes, please. Mamey, M A M E Y, and the website's mamey.ca.
1: Great, can They're
0: also on Instagram. They're both in Hamilton and Toronto. Ooh. So depending on where you're living, all the queers are moving to Hamilton. So
1: you know what? So <laughs> so I've heard, but then also I've been told, don't. It's a trap.
0: Yeah, I think I think there is. Probably in a year, we're going to see some moving back.
1: Uh, right now,
0: it's like, why not be in Hamilton? There's nothing happening in Toronto.
1: Why not? I know it's way cheaper. Yeah. What is it, though? It is. Anyway, this Rel- is not about me and my real estate to Toronto, needs. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, Mame, yeah, Check it out. Delicious it. tamales, baked goods. And um, I have the stationery. Uh, business. Oh,
1: <laughs> stationary E R Y like paper.
0: Yes. Oh. Yeah.
1: Okay. E R Y. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <That's right.
0: laughs> so make greeting cards with other queer artists, and um, there's like a queer COVID line.
1: Cool there's cards
0: for like people going through a tough situation.
1: Okay, I, I <laughs> can't relate to that, but go on.
0: <laughs> uh, the current line is the the. Can you swear? I don't know. You
1: can swear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the fuck line. Oh. So fuck this. Fuck him. Fuck the patriarchy. Just three <laughs> three general cards. You might be able to find a use for them. That covers most of your yeah. needs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so that is Kimiko and Co. Incredible. On Instagram and on Etsy, uh-huh. and then uh, the graphic memoir that uh, myself and Keith Haniza put out in October by Arsenal Pulp Press.
1: Amazing. And what's the title?
0: Kimiko does cancer and it's about my experience getting cancer. Six years
1: ago, which is you know a whole nother story, and that's how I found you. And uh, yeah, what a cool collaboration because you were a lawyer who, um, you know, wrote a graphic novel.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, didn't attempt to learn how to illustrate. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I first w- I started with some doodles mm-hmm. and then realized best to let the people you know who know <laughs> what they're doing <laughs> take over.
1: For sure, yeah. So check that book out. You can buy it um, anywhere you get books, and of course, we would encourage you to buy it from your local bookstore. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, and I want to tell you, we started this conversation with me pretty queer. And based on the things you have told me, I'm coming out the other side way queerer. What more could anyone hope for? <laughs> and I have you to blame. So thank you so much, Kimiko.
0: Thank you, Trevor. queer, 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 queer.
1: queer, queer. queer, queer. Okay. Thank you, Kimiko. So that is our conversation. I also want to say a special thank you to MJ Lyons from Glad Day Bookshop for facilitating my connection with Kimiko. Do you know Glad Day Bookshop? They are the first queer-focused Canadian bookstore and oldest surviving LGBTQIA plus bookstore in the world. They've even survived the pandemic As with any bookstore, it's a weird era to be selling books. So please go and support them. You can find them online. You can order books through them. They have many events that they do normally. They've moved a lot of these events online. They are really a hub for the queer community in Toronto and uh, the world. So check them out. That's Glad Day Bookshop. As always, you can contact us at youmademequeer at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. We will probably read something that you write unless you're pro-conversion therapy, in which case you're going straight to the trash bin. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. We need your love so others will love us too. It's a pyramid scheme for love. Okay, so I will see you again next week, hopefully half-vaccinated. But who's to say? That'll be the cliffhanger until next time. But for now... Q credits. You made me queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Kriti. For more of her music, check out LavenderBruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is YouMadeMeQueer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at YouMadeMeQueer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. And from the bottom of my big, bent, vaccinated, soon, maybe heart, thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer. And it's your fault.